everybody in that South is kind of bunched up. They, that is the better division still. Uh, four of those five teams with winning records. The North, only Strasburg uh, has a winning record. Everybody else is 500 or worse up there. But that's a very tight division, too. At one through 5 separated by just two games up there. So, Welcome to the Yak Sports Podcast with Joe Deck and Leland McRae. Episode 50 of the Yak Sports Podcast. I'm Leo McRae, Joe Deck with me as usual. And for the last, I don't know, I'd say six weeks, I've been kind of reserved in my Stanton Braves fandom and realizing that they may not be the best team in the league. And I, a couple times I say, you know, things happen in the playoffs. Well, Joe, something happened in the playoffs and they just swept the number one team in the Valley Baseball League and the Braves advance uh, to the second round. Yeah, uh, me and the guys talked about this uh, tonight as well, actually, because uh, we had to bump all the recordings this week. Um, but other podcast yeah. on the other podcast, um, but it, the Valley Baseball League is a crazy, crazy league when it comes to postseason play um, because it's a best of three. Really, if you get lucky in game one, anything can happen. And I think that's what we saw here. I think we saw Waynesboro basically handstand in the game in game one. They had five errors, really should have been six, but it's officially five. And the reason I say should have been six, the first baseman dropped a pop-up along the first baseline that they didn't count as an error, of which I'm pretty sure by rule is an error, but they just didn't count it. I'm not going to get into that. Best case scenario for Waynesboro, they had five errors. Three in the first inning, which gave which spotted Stanton four runs and Stanton did a good job. I mean, they, they kind of held on to the ball game. They hit well when they needed to. Andrew check had a big night. He had three hits, three RBIs. Oh boy. Yeah. He, he looked really good. Um, and it, you know, to me, I just, when I watched that game, it was just not the same generals team I had seen every other time I'd watch them play game two. I didn't go to, uh, and so I, I can't speak on what happened. I, I don't see the errors on there. I saw, uh, from secondhand account, uh, lots of hits for Stanton. Waynesboro walked people and that's going to be an issue. Uh, when you're in a must win ball game, Stanton's pitching held them to two runs in each game. So Stanton had the good pitching. They had the good hitting. And now they're waiting to see Covington and Charlottesville, who were supposed to play game three tonight, but they got rained out. So that'll be Wednesday night now. And Stanton has an extra night off to prepare. Yeah, I mean, that's handy for them in these playoffs because it just goes boom, boom, boom. But, hey, that's the short series. That's the risk. Uh, and everybody knows it going in. So it is what it is. Waynesboro didn't take care of business. Um, I appreciate if we were going to win two games against the Generals all year. I'll take them when we got them. Um, but. I guess we advance. Um, we're waiting to see who we play. What's Do you have a score update tonight on that? It's rained out, like I said. Oh, sorry. I, I blanked. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's okay. Obviously, Leland's not listening. <laughs> we'll get to why I'm scrambled later in the podcast. But, yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm pumped now. They can easily go down in the next series, and there's been many times that I've seen my Braves do that. So, uh, I hope not. I'll be cheering for them. Maybe, maybe have a chance of making it to a game. Maybe, probably not. But uh, hey, those Stanton Braves. When I was growing up, when I was in school, they were the kings of winning the regular season and then just puttering out in the playoffs. So the Waynesboro Generals did that. So I'm not shocked to see that. Um, but um, I'm disappointed one of our two local teams is out. But either way, we were going to have that at this point. Yeah, uh, they happen to play each other. The the North uh, saw both top seeds win Woodstock and Strasburg and Woodstock currently hanging it on Strasburg 11 to nothing in the fourth. Ooh. So I would venture to say Woodstock's going to win game one. I would think they're probably going to win that series. Uh, Woodstock has just played really, really great baseball down the stretch. Uh, and so I think you'll see, yeah, I think you'll see Woodstock in the final. Um, if I had to pick, I'd say probably Charlottesville comes out of the South now. Uh, but you would have said that. I mean, you would have said Waynesboro is going to be the Braves. So maybe the Braves are catching fire at the right time. I'm hopeful. I think there's reason to be hopeful. Yeah. No, I mean, look, uh, Stanton played well in both of their games against Waynesboro, which was the best team in the league. So if they play like that against Charlottesville, sure, they can win. Uh, it's just a question of if they can keep that up on the long haul. And, you know, I think what it comes down to in the playoffs, too, you get a lot of these teams that have met their pitch counts for certain guys or they're, you know, a lot more up against the wall with pitchers' arms. So, you know, maybe the offense 
is what's carrying teams. And Stanton Braves offense hasn't been lacking all year. You know, it, it was really good. And then it kind of pulled back into normal, but you know, if we're relying on hitting and, you know, pitching might not be the name of the game, I'm, I'm hopeful that the Braves can win another round. Yeah. And, and look again, it's going to be best of three from here on out. So just, just win. All right, so let's hit some quick hitters. Really the only other local story that I have noted, um, and we're reaching a little bit, Spotswood's Oderkirk. She is going to be local, staying at JMU for college. She committed for the girls' basketball to go play right up the road, and I love it. I I love when the local girls are playing on JMU's team. I think there's a a different energy in their arena uh, with the local fans that, you know, know these girls. And, uh, you know, when Kirby was there and Newman was there, I I loved it. Anybody from Virginia, I enjoy. So uh, I'm pumped that she's going there. Yeah, it should be good. Uh, JMU's had pretty good success on the local players that have made it on JMU. They don't typically when a local player makes it on JMU's women's team, it's not because they're local. It's because they can actually play basketball and they usually have pretty good careers. Yeah. I mean, I skipped past her, but I mean, she was there right on the tail end of Kirby and Newman and then kind of carried that local field past them. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'm, I'm pumped. All right, moving on. Uh, now we get a little more national. Um, a lot of random things here. I guess I'm going to go with probably the most important. We never talked about David Ortiz and all that. That happened uh, the same night we recorded when I was on vacation, and we never really came to Ortiz, but obviously – no one likes hearing anybody get shot. And the details around that story have been odd to say the least, but David Ortiz went home. He's Instagramming and tweeting. So we're glad that he's home. I know you're not the biggest David Ortiz fan, but I, I doubt you're going to say anything different than what I just said. No, I mean, I don't want anybody to get killed. Uh, so I'm glad he's doing better. Um, yeah. Like you said, odd is the best way to describe the details around that. I, don't believe the official investigation line of mistaken identity was the reason he got shot. The Um, most famous guy in the Dominican Republic. Yeah. I'm not buying that story. I think he was the intended target, but I don't think they want to admit that. Uh, I really feel like there was a lot of PR around that. Uh, When Ortiz was in surgery that night, you know, we were hearing the initial news and then all of a sudden the information stopped coming. And we were, I mean, we were getting videos and accounts (laughs) that were brutal. Yeah. Like, and we don't need to go into the details of what we saw that night, but all the new information stopped coming, you know, when, when daylight hit and the Red Sox went and got him out of there and brought him back to America. And no one ever played up the fact that he was back in America and all that. And I think, I think it's probably from David Ortiz's camp or even himself, like not wanting the Dominican Republic to look worse because of this situation but, I mean, it's more than just this situation going on down there that would make it look bad. But, um, yeah, I don't buy any of the information that I've heard from 24 hours on after that happened. Yeah, well, that was a hard week for De- the Dominican Republic because they had that. And then they that was the same time that those American tourists were dying. So well, then it's been going on. Yeah, it's it's crazy. Well, but it's the big, yeah, it was the same week. It got really a lot of traction in the news. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, their tourism minister is not having a great 2019 but oh well it's not my job all right let's move over to the redskins and i joe i want you to approach this that you actually care because i could see that being your answer so just imagine that you're a redskins fan they're talking about building a new stadium and they've been talking about that for six seven years um the potential sites that were listed in the article i read was national harbor dulles and, and rfk location what would be your optimal out of those? Uh, Dulles. Dulles. It's in Virginia. Yep. It's in Virginia. Gets Virginia business. I'm all about that. And um, look, I think RFK, I think there's a reason you left RFK. That one makes no sense to me. The National Harbor would probably be pretty good. Uh, but yeah, I'm going to pick Dulles. I think it, if you pick Dulles, you could easily get a Metro stop built there. Uh uh, to me, I don't understand why they no, wouldn't. Right. Yeah. Well, I guess one for the stadium. I gotcha. Yeah. Um, for me, I would think you would want one that's kind of already close to a metro stop to build it there. Um, but I, I think you could easily make that happen. You're near an airport to get fans from maybe not in the area in. 
Uh, traffic's bad there, but traffic's going to be bad no matter where you put this thing. So uh, I think, you know, it gives Virginia the the tax revenue on it, gives Virginia more business in that area. And so I'm all about putting the stadium in Virginia. I think it makes sense. They already have their practice facility in Virginia. Was your dismissiveness of RFK, I mean, it's not like they're going back into RFK. They're going back to that location. Like they'll tear RFK down and build a stadium. And that's why I love that. No. I love where RFK sits geographically, right along the river, right where the road, the bridge comes into it. And then it's right in line with the Capitol building, the Washington Monument, the Lincoln Memorial. It's just, it's just important things all in a row. And I love that that's one of the bookends for it, that RFK sits there now. I think you build a monster stadium right there, something that rivals AT&T, Dallas Cowboy Stadium, and which they will. Wherever they build it, they're going to do that. I, I really want to bring it back into D.C. And like you said, traffic is bad anywhere up there. So it's going to be bad at that RFK location. Same as anywhere. So let's go. No, put it in Virginia. Put it in Dallas. <laughs> well, everybody, that's what everybody complained about when they put it in Maryland. That they weren't in D.C. anymore. So go back to D.C. No. I, I actually put D- Dulles as my third choice. Landover, Maryland's bad for a lot of reasons. Uh, not being in D.C. isn't really a primary answer. It's it's two hours away from D.C. Uh, or, well, maybe not actually two hours, but it feels like two hours when if you're stuck in traffic there. Landover? Landover is horrible. I've been there. It's not two hours. <laughs> it feels like two hours if you're trying to get out of that parking lot. Well, after a game, it's not a problem. But if you go early and tailgate, it's, I mean, it, no, getting out of FedEx Field after a it's game terrible. is a nightmare. It's, it is terrible. It's horrible. The ru- because the, you don't have two ways to go. You have four ways to go if you're at RFK spot. National Harbor will probably be the worst on traffic. Yeah, but it's pretty cool. Um, I'm, not, I'm not even knocking that. I mean, I think it would be a cool setting. You'd have water right there, which you have at RFK. And you'd also have a little better view from the actual stadium. Now, I don't know how you would incorporate it in a football stadium, seeing those views. But you would ha- you'd be a little bit closer now, the blimp view from RFK is what I'm talking about, where you just see everything boom, 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 right in a line. Um, I don't know. I think Dulles, its only advantage is, you know, getting people to the game and through flight and existing metro stations and all that, even though RFK already has one. Um, but just, Landover's, right also, right. Landover's also in a dry county, which makes zero sense uh, yeah. but in terms of NFL. I mean, I think that's that's basic. Um, I don't know. I'll take RFK location. That's my choice. Give me Dallas. All right. All right. Let's go to back to Fox uh, college football and something I'm pretty excited about this year. Fox is trying to line up, you know, some of their, you know, primetime matchups, some of their big time matchups for the day, putting their best game at noon. And I love it because ESPN doesn't do that. ABC doesn't do that. Get Fox to be the place to go at noon for football. I love it. I, You know, they always do the Red River uh, shootout or whatever I'm supposed to call it now when Oklahoma and Texas play. They always do that at noon. Go ahead and get all these games uh, that are coming on Fox. Instead of being one of four big games at 8 o'clock, be the only one at noon that anybody really cares about. Yeah, no, I don't think it's four big games at 8 o'clock. But... What, Fox is one of them. You got Fox, you got some weekends where it's CBS, and then you got ABC and ESPN. CBS very rarely has their big game at eight, but LSU and Auburn every time they play. Yeah. Or LSU Alabama or Auburn Alabama. That's usually a three thirty game. You're wrong. But I'm all about putting the Fox putting a big game at noon. Then you have the SEC big game at three thirty. Yeah. And then because That's- CBS doesn't play games at eight o'clock, Leland, because they run sixty minutes at eight o'clock. Um, and then you have That's on Sundays, man. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> I'm telling you, Saturdays they run the news or sixty minutes. They run one of them. Um, they run a certain amount of doubleheaders on CBS on Sundays, and I think it's like three or four. So it's not every week. Maybe but one, but ABC and ESPN definitely have their best games of the day at eight o'clock or seven o'clock in that prime time hour. Yeah, ESPN tries to shove them in there. ABC does, but that's the same family. Um, and then, yeah, I, I think putting it at 12 o'clock would be great. And then Love I it. think you have CBS at 3.30. And it, look, for Fox, you're you're basically putting, most of their games are Big 12 games. So 
I think that's good for the Big 12 conference. It gets you on a national yeah. national eyeballs uh, early in the day when you might not get them. Yeah, I, I agree wholeheartedly on this. And um, the one thing that they're trying to do, though, they're going to they're going to have a pregame show, which which they're going to have. I don't need that. I don't care. But they're to have any thought that they're going to compete against college game day. And you think that you're going to get over there early because your game starts at noon on Fox. You're not going to get it because college game day is just too much of a staple. It's too big until they start losing guys off that show. People are going to be on it. And that last 10 minutes when Corso, when they're making picks and Corso puts on a headgear or does whatever he does, that's like one of the one of the moments of Saturday. That gets everybody day, everybody's day going. You're just not going to beat them on that. So that's fine. But be the best game at noon and people will go. People know how to use remotes. That's what always irritates me about, you know, them trying to line things up. Everybody's going to go to the Big 12. If Oklahoma is playing somebody good at noon, they're going there instead of watching Wake Forest versus, you know, Miami and some butt whooping. Yeah. And, I mean, look, their pregame show is not going to be good because you're talking about Dave Wanstat, Matt Leinart. Yeah. Matt Leinart. Yeah. Those are the guys on Fox. And so, like, Dave Wanstat's only accomplishment as a head coach is killing everything he's touched. Um, and Matt big thing you know he's really overcome as a human being because he was cross-eyed as a child that was a big deal for him okay and he was a good quarterback <laughs> at usc but he wasn't good in the nfl and i don't i i don't know have you ever seen the um the thing on esp like from when Leinart was at usc uh who's the guy that makes everybody cry uh tom rinaldi, tom rinaldi. and it was set up just like the real stories like where the the kids have some life-threatening disease and they run cross country or, you know, they've really, and they, they set it up, same tone, same everything. And it's not even a spoof. It's they're being legit. And they're like, my Matt Leinart was a cross-eyed child. And it was just like, you know, I, and I'm not trying to make fun of any kid that is, but it, there's, you know, out of what Tom Rinaldi usually reports on. Yeah. Cross-eyed is not a bad problem considering it got fixed and look at him now. So I, it's hard to feel bad for Matt Leinart at any point in his life. Okay. Okay. I'm not going to touch that. <laughs> Did I say something wrong yet? I'm not going to touch it. You can go ahead and have that. <laughs> All right. Let me get ranting on something else then. Sunday Night Baseball on ESPN. You, I, I don't know who is watching that for A-Rod and especially J-Lo. I don't know why J-Lo keeps winding up in that booth. I don't know why they do cutaways during the game to the booth with J-Lo in the booth. I don't get it. A-Rod's hard enough to put up with. It's really tough when it's not even, when it's, his personal life is involved. I just can't stand it. I don't mind um, uh, Jessica in the, in the booth there or the, uh, the new announcer there that's, that's changed last year. I like those two. I, I think they do a decent job. I put up with A-Rod. But I have no, I have no need for the reality show that, a-Rod and J-Lo are setting up. Yeah, I don't watch a lot of Sunday Night Baseball because my team doesn't play on Sunday Night Baseball. And in the regular season, I don't know. Like you, I can't stand A-Rod, so I just don't watch. Um, I was watching MLB Network tonight rather than the ESPN game just because of that. Like, I, don't, I don't watch ESPN's coverage. I also feel like the Orioles get disrespected on ESPN's coverage, even when we're not bad. Even when we were good those few years, they would disrespect us. And, I, you know, that rubs me the wrong way. Uh, so we'll get to Orioles' disrespect here in a minute. But, uh, yeah, I, I just feel like whenever I'm watching ESPN, I always have to roll my eyes because it's, it's very pro-New York, very pro-Boston coverage and i i just don't need that i i can I, I have to deal with it when i see their fake fans show up to camden yards so i i don't <laughs> need to hear it on espn yeah i'm just i just don't know like who you're pleasing with that because i don't think people that care about j-lo and a-rod are watching already and i think it's only irritating the people that you are there for and um i don't know i mean j-lo is a pretty lady but i i don't I don't know if it's the right setting. Let her be on American Idol. Let her be on the dancing show or whatever she has. I don't I don't know what she's doing anymore. But just leave my baseball alone. Okay. I don't, Tom, I, I don't like him. Yeah. My thing about Tom Brady that came out last week, 
I, I'm quick to jump against Tom Brady. I am not a fan. I'm against him because he is good and they've won so many Super Bowls. I'll admit, it's because he's good. Man, people were trashing him because he went jumping off a rock into a lake or something with his daughter. And people are like parent shaming him and stuff. And man, I'm a strong believer that people shouldn't be judging other people's parenting unless, you know, social services needs to get involved. Otherwise, leave it alone. I mean, he has his daughter up on a rock. He, you hear him like, hey, are you ready? Do you want to do this? And she's like, yes. She's there. She nods her head. She speaks. So they go to start jumping. And as a young person will do, they get a little hesitant at the last second. And he kind of pulls her on with him. And they go down safely into the water. If he doesn't pull on her, she falls down some rocks. So then the parent shaming lands in and says, well, he's tugging her into the water and making her do something she doesn't want to do. And all just... This is what's wrong with the internet and Twitter and Instagram and all this. Having this much access just gives people an opportunity to throw darts at something that's innocent. And I don't, it doesn't even, honestly, it's probably something we're not even worth talking about. It just drove me crazy that I just wanted to rant a little bit that if you're on Twitter and you see a celebrity do something different than you would do, maybe analyze and say, well, how do I get to that spot? Because they must be doing something right or just leave it alone and let people live their lives. Yeah, no, I remember when I saw it, I think the tweet that I saw with the video in it was, you know, Tom Brady's a bad parent or something. And I saw the video and I was like, well, where is he being a bad parent? Um, I'm with you. If I don't think if he doesn't do that, it's probably more dangerous for his daughter because she might yeah. still go over the edge, but not go as far out and hit a rock and maybe, you know, hurt or kill her. Yeah. So she's not I, two. She's not three. She's a, she's an old enough girl to do that activity. Yeah, I didn't think there was anything wrong with it. People are just God. sensitive. That's that's our day and age. Hate it. I hate it. Okay. All right. Now we can talk about your Orioles for a second, but I want to focus on a tweet that you had comment to about your Orioles. Yeah, and from Forty I, Sports Twitter. Yeah. I okay. I think Whoever, maybe it was Joe Dex Twitter. Hold on. No, it's Forty Sports. All right. So I disagreed with you, I think, or, or, or just painted a different picture. But go ahead and read me the tweet that got you fired up the other day. Yeah, you know, you were just being a jerk. Um, this tweet was on June the 7th. So it's been a while. John Heyman tweeted, I feel sorry for guys and gals covering the Orioles. At least the other bad teams have some redeeming qualities. There is just nothing to say there now that the draft is over. 99 games to go, too. Well, since then... The Orioles have a winning record in the month of July, by the way. Uh, first team in MLB history with back-to-back shutouts while scoring 13-plus runs. First team to have a position player get a save. Ten straight multi-home run games, which is the new MLB record. Not bad for no redeeming qualities. Uh, John Heyman, again, is a jerk. All he's ever done is bash the Orioles. I guess someone in Baltimore hurt him when he was uh, starting out as a sports writer. But that's another guy that when I say is always in love with Boston and New York, and I get that those teams have been good for almost my entire lifetime. So I get why they get a lot of positive praise. But what bothers me is when this guy just, no matter what the Orioles do, it's just like, and you see this in the national media, the Orioles are in year one of a rebuild, something every franchise goes through at some point, except for the Yankees and the Red Sox, because there's no salary cap. Uh, And what's what are the things you read in the national media this team's horrible they're terrible they're offensive they're doing baseball the wrong way they're tanking i'm like okay what would you call the astros when they were losing 100 games for you know four years i mean shut up what's going on in miami or kansas city john Heyman? what are the redeeming qualities with those dumpster fires those are straight tire fires john Heyman is an absolute chucklehead and I'm sick, sick and tired of him taking pot shots at the Orioles because when he was a writer in Baltimore, they weren't any good. I, that's not my fault. You had to cover the team. Do your job. Oh, woe is me. You're a baseball writer, and you get paid to watch baseball and cover the Orioles. Yeah, tough life. Hey, Joe. A couple weeks ago, you said everybody that's on the roster now probably won't be there when they're good. I might have been wrong because this team really turned a corner this month. I, I, from listening to you, the only person that I know that talks about the Orioles, I, I took some for that. So when he said there's no redeeming qualities, I say, you know, carrying, carrying on talent, positiveness that will last. 
And I related to what you say in that. And it was hard for me to argue with that. I think those stats, those occurrences that have happened recently, those are happy things, happy occurrences. I'm going to use the same word again. They're happy things, but I I don't know, man. I, I, I think you came into it already hating this guy. I don't know who he is, and I don't know if I've read a tweet from that guy previously in my life, but I don't know. I didn't really argue with that point because here's this team that's awful. The only thing that really for the future has mattered recently was the draft, and I had just been told by the Orioles expert that everybody on that team is going to be canned at some point soon. So I, I took I took it a little differently than you, and I think there's a point behind what he says. Now, when you layer it with all the hate you already have for him, I can see why you're going to be offended as an Orioles fan. But I don't know, man. I They're still going to finish last in that division. They're still 30 games down. Just because they made up three games over the last three weeks doesn't really get me that excited. Yeah, but when you're in a rebuild, Leland, it's not about do you have a winning record. It's about do you see – positives from the young players you have we're seeing positives from the young players we have Hanser Alberto has reinvented himself in Baltimore this season he is uh, I'm not sure if he's still the top batting average against lefties but he was at very as of very recently the best hitter against left-handed pitching in Major League Baseball uh, so uh, that's not nothing that's I would qualify that as a redeeming quality uh, we're seeing Wojciechowski, who has come up from Baltimore for the Orioles here recently, he went out and threw a one-hitter against Boston. The next outing was against the Angels, and he looked great in that game, too. Uh, This is a guy who has looked good. I would say that's a redeeming quality. Uh, This team is, yes, this team is not good. They are in a rebuild. We don't have amazing pieces from top to bottom, but these are young players that are getting better, and it's... It's John Heyman, it's everybody, it's The Athletic, it's the USA Today, it's all these different media outlets coming out and saying the Orioles are purposefully tanking, they're doing baseball the wrong way. They're like, well, what do you want us to do? In 2015, we tried, we traded prospects to get rental players to try to make a playoff spot, and we didn't do it. Is that what we're supposed to do? We're supposed to trade away people so we can get some 38-year-old bum to come play for us? No, we're we're trading pieces that have value that other people want so we can get prospects and be good within four to five years. I, I, it's ridiculous when people are like, well, why are you even thinking about trading Michael Givens? Uh, he's young. OK, Michael Givens is not going to re-sign with us. So just trade him. That's, that's how everybody against the Orioles sounds, huh? Yeah, well, you know, the Orioles <laughs> shouldn't trade Trey Mancini. Like if somebody's going to give us a boatload of prospects. I'll I'll pack Trey Mancini's suitcase for him. I don't care. Every every anti Oriole comment is made by the penguin from Batman Returns. Yes, Danny DeVito. <laughs> Let's talk about the other local team up there. I, I want to relate it back to yours. What did you say? Who who has a winning record in July? The Orioles have a winning record in July. Or the Nats have the best record in baseball since like May twentieth. And this is the team that you left for dead three weeks ago. This is the team that you said had no chance of making the playoffs. Here they are sitting with the best record in baseball for the last two and a half months. And with all that, Leland, they are going to be in the second wild card spot after tonight because they are getting absolutely slapped by the Atlanta Braves. Yeah, it's one game. I don't, I don't, I, I, in general, I like the Braves and I think they're going to do well. I, but I'm just saying. You're, you've read this team for dead weeks ago, and you're just going to be wrong. That's the thing. They're going to be relevant in September. If they, oh, if they the don't play- make the playoffs, they are dead. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Who cares if you're in the race? If you don't make it, you don't make it. But that's you left them for dead. You're saying they're done now. Three weeks ago, you said they're done. If they're they don't done. make the playoffs, they were done. What they did the first part of the season killed them. Just that like the Boston Red Sox. Go. Them that going was- 0 for April killed them that put them in a situation where they have to win like 80 percent of their games well mr take the moment and write the rest of the story why haven't you done that for the last 10 weeks when they've been playing good baseball because i don't think it's gonna last i am waiting for the nationals to fall apart with their crappy bullpen it will happen 
they, they've been. Their bullpen has been crappy over this stretch. Their starters have been amazing, and they win in more games than they're losing, and they're the best record in baseball. I just I don't know why you still hold on to that they're screwed. They have the best record in baseball after a month and a half into the season. I don't. That's kind of a long time. That month and a half really hurt them. I mean, it did. That's why they're only in the second wild card, but they can. They can still keep moving on that. I mean, they have plenty of games of the Braves Okay, left. well, yeah. let me tell you who else is catching them. The San Francisco Giants, the Milwaukee Brewers, the Philadelphia Phillies, who, uh, honestly, I am surprised they're even still in the race. But they're hanging around. The Cardinals and the Cubs. I mean, these are all teams. Cardinals, Cubs, and Brewers. One of those teams has to win the division. The other two are going to be right there chasing the Nationals with the San Francisco Giants and the Philadelphia Phillies. Did you see the Phillies jerseys of the night? Yeah, those were pretty cool. Yeah, they were awesome. All right, I don't want to talk about Pittsburgh. Hey, you told me, and I had no idea, Cleveland's been fighting back in the Central, catching up with the Twins. Twins have been playing terrible, but it's just Cleveland's playing pretty good, and the Twins haven't been hot, and that's made them, uh, they're going to have a little race down the stretch here. Yeah, the Indians are going to make the playoffs now, I think. Uh, they're early in the season. I didn't know if that was going to be the case, but they've really turned it on which has been interesting. And, you know, they talked about it on MLB Network. <laughs> the Nationals do the same, but even better. But you don't know. But the, the, the Indians, here we go. Well, because of the difference, Leland, and let me explain it to you. Let me finish my point. The American League isn't doesn't have the same quality of teams as the National League does. Uh, chasing them. And the Indians are way ahead. Unlike the Washington Nationals tonight, if the Cleveland Indians lost, they'd still have a two-game advantage on the second-place team in the wild card, whereas the Nationals are the second wild card and could be passed within a two days. But the Cleveland Indians were a team that people were looking at as a potential team that was going to be unloading because they had people that other teams would want in a playoff chase, and the Indians could get prospects. Well, now the Indians are in the playoff race, and they're not going to trade any of those people. Um, it's very interesting that they traded Edwin Encarnacion, and now is when the team is doing good. So I don't know. I don't think that has anything to do with it. I think it's correlation not causation but uh the other team is the san francisco giants because that's another team that madison bumgarner i mean people were talking do you trade bumgarner or not well you know now the san francisco giants are you know right there in the hunt the mets will probably go after him the mets yeah oh yeah because they got yeah Yeah. that made no sense to me no i wonder if they're gonna turn them i don't know that's a dangerous game to be playing because to me, you've set the market price. So I'm not going to overpay that. Yeah. And if you get stuck with Marcus Stroman, by all means, be stuck with Marcus Stroman. Huh. All right, let's get out of here. Let's get to the B block where we got something special planned. Okay, so. Here in the B block this week, we are going to do something a little different. Uh, with all the conference realignment talk, I've often thought, and when I was playing NCAA football there at the end, the video games, they gave you the ability to change the conferences around, but they never gave you the ability to create your own conference, which is what I really wanted to do. I wanted to create my own conference. Um, and so I pitched this to Leland and said, hey, if we're ever here in the summer having a week where we just need something to fill time, Let's do a conference draft. So keep listening. Keep listening. This is going to be interesting. Um, let's do a conference draft. We'll do a snake draft. Uh, I will let Leland go first. And uh, so the way it's going to work is we have any college in America that we can pick from. We each have been given our own conference, and we are picking from the entire country. You get 12 teams. It's a snake pick. So I'm going to let Leland go first, which means I'll get picks two and three. He'll get four and five, yada, yada, yada. Um, Until each conference has 12 teams. And then when that is done, we will have our conferences. Once a team is picked, obviously the other cannot take that same team. Uh, There is no geography boundary. Uh, This is supposed to be all around, but when you're, Building your conference, football is king, so I expect there to be a lot of football-only schools that get picked, especially early on. Um, Mine is the Joe Athletic Conference. These schools will be jacked to be in the jack. (laughs) I guess I can't... uh... Yeah, I can't use my nickname for uh, 
conference because the big uh, Big Ten already used that at one point. Uh, I, don't, I don't know what I'm gonna call my conference right now. I'm gonna I want to try to do better than the the LAC because that doesn't sound very good. No, that doesn't sound good. It, do, it doesn't have the same ring as the Jack. No. <laughs> all right, but uh, all right. So any team doesn't have to be just football focused, and all over the country is open open to it. Yes. All right. I know who I should pick first, but I'm not. I'm picking Alabama first because. Oh my gosh, Leland, I, that's disgusting. Because I think they can stay on top. I think this era of football, I think even when Saban goes, they're likely to stay on top. And um, that's who I'm picking first because they bring the eyeballs. That's upsetting. When I gave you the first pick, I was giving you a chance to pick Virginia Tech, Leland. I have, I have them on my list because I have my homer pick and I want them, I want them there. But uh, if I don't get them, I don't get them. I'm a conference commissioner. You got to be more than a fan when you're a conference commissioner. Damn it. I did not expect you to be a conference commissioner. I expect you to be fan mode first. Oh, well. Okay. Well, that's fine. Uh, Alabama is a good pick. I had them as one of my first two picks. Uh, so there. I'm going to pick Clemson because that's the other school that's going to compete for football championships. Woo! Give me Dabo. Uh, and then my other pick is going to be a team that is pretty good most years in football and their basketball program's taking a turn under Bruce Pearl for the good. I'm going to take Auburn. I'm going to take your rival. Goodness. All right. Orange and blue. Reign supreme. Okay. So now two picks. I'm taking Ohio state who probably should have been the number one pick. No. And I'm looking here. I'm going to go with Louisiana State University. Ooh. They're consistently good year after year. You just two, took two Southern teams on yours. I'm going with LSU. Okay. Um, yeah, I've got Clemson, Auburn. You have Bama and Ohio State and LSU. Okay. Uh, I'm going to take... Texas A&M, the Aggies. Um, I think their basketball program is going to get a lot better under Buzz Williams. Uh, their football team has Jimbo Fisher. I like the Aggies. And my next pick, going to be another blue and orange. Give me the Gators. Uh, it's a good basketball program there. Uh, they also have a football team that is getting better, and their fans are loyal and loud. So that gives me a lot of SEC. Right now, I'm basically the SEC and Clemson. Um, that's the first pick that I think I would agree with you wanting in the top four that you've made. That's fine. I'm going to make a lot of money. All right. Oklahoma, Oklahoma is my next pick. Mm -hmm. Just another purebred owns the Midwest. And I got a tough pick right here. I like Oklahoma. It's a good pick, but I'm going I'm going with an overrated team. I, I'll acknowledge that. But I just think the hotbed of recruiting, uh, they went they went out recruiting over your A&M all the time. So I'm taking Texas. Damn it. That was in my next two. Oh, well. Okay, Leland. Um, don't, we don't need this D words drop. No, it's fine. It's going to make <laughs> it. It's already been said. Um <laughs> You've waited too long, Leland. I'm going to take Virginia Tech off the board. It's an up-and-coming basketball program. Uh, we'll have to see how they do with the new coach. Uh, it's a, I like the conference, though. I like them. I like, their, I like the chances. Yeah, they're not beating Clemson, Auburn, Texas A&M, or Florida, but okay. <laughs> they uh, beat Ohio State, LSU, Oklahoma, Texas. So. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, yeah, the football team's going to struggle in my conference, but you know what? Their fans are loyal. Um, yeah, I think they'll, I think, uh, the fan base will be good. Uh, it's a, it's a good market there in Virginia. They if, feed into DC. Isn't doing it in that conference. You're, you don't have time to wait around. They're going to be firing people on the, uh, out at halftime speech time and outside the locker room, just like you want if in that kind of conference. My next pick is going to be the <laughs> U. Uh, it's a very, very prestigious oh, program. Oh my goodness. I'm going to take Miami, keeps my South trend going, uh, gives me a rival with Virginia Tech, gives me a rival with Florida. 
Uh, I like this pick. I feel great about this pick, actually. Um, the U is back, and they're going to bring their swagger back uh, with with the Jack. Get jacked for Miami. All right, I'm going Georgia. Oh, my God. I love that pick. I know. Go ahead. Georgia here. And then, because um, I got no note on them, I got nothing to say. Then I'm going Florida State, basically just to keep you from having all three Florida schools. That's a good pick. I want the Florida kids that want to play against Alabama and Ohio State. Okay. Jeff Wright, get ready. This is your moment, buddy. I'm bringing UVA into the Jack. It's an elite basketball program now. It gives me another rival with Virginia Tech. Uh, Bronco Mendenhall, uh, against my best wishes, is starting to get that football team to be a better football team. Uh, I still don't think they're going to win the Coastal, uh, but they're picked to win the Coastal, so that means they're getting better in football, I guess. And, uh, yeah, so it gives me a, another rival with Virginia Tech. Keeps my blue and orange theme going. My next pick, bring Mac Brown into the fold. And North Carolina, it's a good basketball school. I'm rounding out the basketball aspect of my conference. Uh, the football program, we'll see what it does. But give me North Carolina Chapel Hill. And, uh, yeah, feeling good about it. You can it. have a man. You can have them. Yeah, where you just picked UVA and UNC, I'm picking Michigan and the University of Southern California. Oh, I don't care about USC. Who who is the first one? Michigan and USC. I'm owning. I have my rivalry with Ohio State in place, and now I own the West Coast with the university in Los Angeles that matters. I don't care about LA. The West Coast is for fools. I'm not caring. I don't care about the West Coast. West Coast. My my problem be flying into LAX real easy. Yeah, cool. Uh, USC will go over. That that's a bad football team. Um, and they're a bad basketball now, team. They're a bad sports team. It's a bad sports conference. Congratulations. They cheat right on the way to win. So, congratulations. <laughs> they just got to get the cheating going again. Okay, uh, you took Texas. I need to take them off my board. Well, okay, all right. My- wow, I can't believe you let me get this rival. Um, I'm going to take Duke. It's going to help my basketball program. I've got the UNC rivalry now. I've got Duke UNC still. I'm going to take WVU, bring back the Black Diamond Trophy. Uh, it's also a pretty good basketball team. Uh, they were a fringe team this year, uh, a down year for their basketball program, but most years they're pretty competitive in the Big 12. Uh, so I've got a okay basketball team. I've got a rivalry with Virginia Tech. I- I'm building Virginia Tech's rivalries back. Uh, and Duke UNC as well. It means I've got UVA, UNC, and Duke, very elite basketball programs to go with. Auburn, who's an up-and-comer. Uh, Florida, who isn't bad most years. And then uh, I think Texas A&M is going to be better. Okay. Um, I got to give USC someone to play out there. Yeah, go ahead and waste your pick on another West Coast team. But first, I'm going to go with Notre Dame. They were bring a lot of eyeballs and make them get in a conference right here. It's time. They're good in both basketball and football. They're relevant. Um, so I'll take them. It's getting tough here down at the bottom. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go Oregon because of the money. Okay. Take Oregon there. My, my, it's hard down here at the bottom. I get somebody from Texas A&M to play. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I was looking at my conference. I had Texas on this list, and I didn't get them. Um, I in Texas because I got Texas and Oklahoma, I and mean, that's all those. That's all the places those kids want to go. So. Okay, so I'm gonna have to change my conference. My list is gonna be a little different now. Um, I'd like to take Michigan State. I'd like to take Wisconsin. Um, I thought about Maryland even, but instead, uh, what I'm going to do is I'm going to go TCU, uh, to give Texas A&M somebody to play and I'm going to give them another team and I'm going to take Texas tech. It's a basketball team that was really good. Uh, their football team's not great, but I got to get Texas teams out there 
to play Texas A&M. So I've got those TCU, Texas Tech, and Texas A&M are going to fill out the western part of my mainly eastern conference with a lot of blue and orange. All right. I got got two teams to choose from here. They're both red and white. They both are now in the Big Ten. You're going to take Wisconsin. That's a good pick. Nebraska is the other one I'm considering, but I think Wisconsin overall. I would take Wisconsin over Nebraska. Yeah. It's just at a higher place. Their basketball is pretty traditionally good and their, and their football wins a lot of ball games, a lot of ball games. So sorry, Dan, the man I'm going with Wisconsin. And you're taking IU. Say that again. IU. Indiana. I'm just taking Wisconsin. That's all I got. Oh, I thought you said they were both red and white. I got number oh, that's right. You only have one pick. My bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If I had two picks, if we had 14 teams, Nebraska would be my next pick. Michigan State and Wisconsin were two I were thinking about bringing in. But again, I just I wanted to get some Western teams for Texas A&M. That's a long trip for Texas A&M and for everybody else in my conference. But I feel good about the Jack. I've got Virginia Tech, Clemson, Auburn, Texas A&M, Florida, UVA, Miami, UNC, Duke, WVU, TCU, and Texas Tech. Um, if Alabama doesn't win, I'm winning the football national championship, uh, with Clemson. I, mean, I got Ohio state, LSU, Oklahoma. They're, they're going to be Oklahoma's fake. And so is who was that other team you threw in there? Ohio state. Yeah. They're, I mean, just in it every year. Okay. No yeah. Well, let's see what they do without urban Meyer. I mean, your third best team is Texas A&M. Come on. I've got Clemson. I've got Ohio Auburn. State. I've got Ohio State, the most time ranked. Ohio State, most times in the top 10. Ohio State enters the season ranked all of 15 of the 15 last years. Like, they are one of the best programs in the nation year in, year out. Cool. Let's see what they do without Urban Meyer. Well, that's what people said when Trestle left. No, because they hired Urban Meyer. All right, I, I really like my conference so much more than yours on a historic level, on a for-the-future level. What is one team from my conference that if you could just say, you have to give me them, who would it be? Hang on. List your conference again. Alabama, Ohio State, LSU, Oklahoma, Texas, Georgia, Florida State, Michigan, USC, Notre Dame, Oregon, Wisconsin. I'd say give me Texas, but I'd like to go back in time to get Texas because if I would have taken Texas, then I wouldn't have had to pick these TCU and Texas Tech, which are the two I feel least confident about. And then I well, picked, if you would have taken Texas earlier, I'd have Florida, but I would. I picked Florida I, before you picked Texas, I think. But I know, I know, but if you would have picked Texas, then I would have picked Florida. Um, oh. if I because I'm a homer, Virginia Tech, that's who I steal and put in the middle of my conference. Funny you should enough, pick them first overall. You would steal my number five, and I would steal your number five. <laughs> Let us know which conference is better. Obviously, if you're not picking the Jack and you're picking the nameless conference that Leland runs, I don't know what to tell you. He doesn't even have the brand marketing that I have. I've already made my TV deal. The legendary conference is all i got to say. Get jacked on Saturdays with the Jack <laughs> Conference. I just think you're walking a, walking a dangerous line here with that name, but that's fine. All right. Let's get out of here. I want to I hear people's opinions about these conferences because uh, one is far better than the other. But let's get to the D-block. Right, the Jack. And <laughs> we'll get out of here to the D-block. <laughs> All right, time for the D-block and something I've been quiet about uh, on our podcast just because I wanted some moments of the day not thinking about it is what has been dominating my life and since whew, the middle of april full on since the beginning of may i have been in the process of moving and having my house on the market getting it sold getting the new house bought and moving into it and then this is the uh first week from the, the new recording studio <laughs> it's just a, a different room uh at the new house 
And uh, man, I don't want to do this again. I don't want to move again. And I don't, and luckily we were in a position to, to buy a house where maybe we won't have to. And uh, we really like it. We're still in the Riverheads area, so my Homerisms don't have to change. Um, but it's a little further out, a little quieter, nice view, um, more room for the kiddos, kind of a better yard situation for them to grow up in. And uh, so we're pumped. And uh, probably my lack of preparation for the podcast probably has shown over the last eight weeks or so. But it's been worth it because I think the family will like it a lot. And they have so far. And uh, that's what's been dominating my life. Things I've learned. And that's why I'm talking about it. Um, you want to have a good realtor. I had a, a really good realtor. Really did a really good job at selling the house uh, that we were in. Uh, lots of showing. So you just want somebody that's going to put the house out there. But also having people to help has been so helpful. I have, luckily we live where our families do, where my parents live close. My wife's parents live close. They helped a lot. Cousins helped a lot. Good friends have helped a lot. Good friends have offered and I've even turned them down because I just didn't think I need that many bodies. It's just so helpful having it that way uh, instead of trying to do everything yourself. Because honestly, setting that old house up to get shown was we didn't ask for a lot of help, but then move in process. We asked for a lot of help and people came through huge. So I'm very appreciative of that. Very lucky. Um, I know that, um, but that's, what's been dominating my life. And Joe, you're as aware of anybody, how, how much it's, it's impacted uh, me over the last couple months, but it, things should be getting better now. Yeah. And congratulations on the move. Um, yeah. I was one of the friends that got turned down um, inviting to help, but that's fine. Um, and if you, if you would see the muscles on some of these uh, young cousins that I, <laughs> no, I'm not going to pretend like I would have been doing any heavy lifting. That's the thing. Um, but yeah, it's, um, I'm glad that you got moved in. I'm glad you're at the new place and you guys, uh, like it. Um, you know, I, I remember when you first told me you were going to be moving and it was going to stay in the same area and I was like, oh, okay, that's cool. Uh, and then I saw all the stress involved with it. And that's one of those things. You never realize how much stuff you have until you move. And then you really look at all your stuff and go, do we really need all this? Um, or at least that's what I do when I move. Yeah. But um, yeah, then you move in and, you know, you get settled and it, it starts to take shape. And the new place becomes the home and starts to feel like the home. And that's that's always nice. And, uh, again, congratulations to you, Stephanie and the family on getting moved in. Thanks brother. What is dominating your life? Yeah. You talked about lack of preparation. Um, my dominating my life and my, what I know that you need to know are both things that Leland has talked about <laughs> on this podcast in the not so distant past. Um, but we've talked about Yellowstone now two weeks in a row, I feel like. Um, but to me, I've been watching like it. Three weeks in yeah, because last week, yeah, uh, Moran, we yeah, Moran Warmer. talked about it. But I've been catching up on it, and what Leland didn't tell me, uh, mainly because he doesn't know all of my music listening habits. But that soundtrack to Yellowstone, I knew a lot of the songs they were playing already, and then there were some other ones that I was like, man, I didn't know that one. Uh, but that's a good one too. Uh, lots of great songs and great music in that show to go with the great acting and the great story. Uh, so I have really loved watching Yellowstone and the soundtrack. Uh, it, it's a lot of fun. Whiskey Myers plays a lot in there. Whiskey Myers is a good group. Uh, in fact, there's actually a scene where he's the one singing in the bar uh, that the this daughter, before, the daughter, boy. and uh, when she takes that rich guy there before she th tries to basically gut his business. Um, and he told him what she was doing. Yeah, she did, and. Um, <laughs> But they're good. Uh, Tyler Childers is another one that's in there. Uh, he, he has some good songs. He does a good job. Uh, I've really enjoyed the music in Yellowstone. Hmm. I'll have to probably like try to look at, listen to that separately. I've, I've noticed during the show it is good, but I do maybe want to look it up separately. Uh, what I know that you need to know, I'm going to go ahead and just keep on moving because I'm just going to take Leland's uh, thunder here. Uh, the CGI Lion King review. Uh, I went into it hopeful. I wasn't mad when I left. Um, I would say good, not great. Uh, and what I mean by that is there were just too many things that I didn't 
when I compare it to the animated version, the original, um, I just liked it a lot better. And you said you didn't think it was way better. In my opinion, it is way better. Some of the choices they made, I I didn't, I didn't uh, necessarily agree with. I think they should have picked a better Pumbaa. I think they should have picked a Scar that they felt more comfortable could sing. Um, I just felt like some of their choices they made, they didn't take into account some of the things those characters have to do in that movie. Um, Be Prepared was a monologue, not a song. I hated that. Um, That's one of my favorite songs, as I mentioned last week. And to me, I basically felt cheated uh, with, with Be Prepared. Anytime Seth Rogen tried to sing during Akuna Matata, I just I wanted him to stop uh, immediately when he would start. He can't sing. I don't know why you would pick Seth Rogen to be in the movie. He's not funny. Uh, Billy Eichner is the one who, honestly, the guy who plays Timon or voices Timon. He is a low key, really good singer. I did not know that before I watched The Lion King. He can really sing. Uh, and then you had Childish Gambino being Simba, and you had Beyonce being Nala. Both of them can sing very well, obviously. Uh, and they were fine in their songs. Yeah, Beyonce was fine. You know, um, th- There was an homage to Beauty and the Beast that I had laughed at that wasn't in the original. Yeah. Um, I, I thought that I, was a funny part. Well, yeah, I thought that was funny. The hyenas had some funny one-liners with Keegan-Michael Key being one of the hyenas. Yeah. Um, I thought they were pretty good, but... Overall, yeah, I mean, I felt like the changes were small, but the changes they made, uh, I didn't love them all. I, I, they weren't all hits for me. And so the way I felt about it was good, not great. Um, I, I did see some people talking about it, saying they loved it. Um, they cried during it. And I, I don't know. I'm a pretty emotional guy when I watch movies and TV. Like, I'll, I'll shed tears at anything somewhat remote emotional maybe it's because i was just prepared inside Um, out inside out got me messed up man i don't even know what we're talking about inside out the movie for the pixar film oh yeah 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 yeah. nope you're right that is a sad movie yeah that gets you yep yeah um field of dreams i cry every time during the catch scene with the dad um and there's some other ones that get me every time uh but i guess i just i they said they cried three times Mufasa dying, I guess, but I was ready for it. Like I was prepared. Yeah. I listened to Scar. I was prepared. I knew it was happening. You um, were, were, were prepared. Be prepared. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I guess maybe she cried when they didn't sing "Be Prepared." I wanted to. <laughs> um, I wanted to cry when Seth Rogen came on the screen for the first time. I wanted. Uh, I just. I don't think Lion King isn't a movie that makes me cry. I. I just. It's not. How about my highlight? The uh, in um, the song towards the end when they're all singing and all the other animals got involved, which was different than the first. I loved it. Uh, when the lion sleeps tonight. Yes, that was funny. That was awesome. It, the ending of the song was hilarious. Yes. I, I I busted out laughing there. That was one of the few times that I laughed, and I was like, okay, that was really good. But the build up to it was also so good. Like, just yeah, the th- no, I mean they picked some people who could sing, but you notice yeah. you notice what Seth Rogen's role in that was. Anybody can do that part. Anybody can do that part. So they gave Seth Rogen the easiest part. Good directing. I also don't think Seth Rogen's funny. I'm sure I've said that already, but I just don't think he's funny. He, he, I never get him in a lead role and not that Pumbaa is a lead role, but it's not, but I wouldn't have him in a movie period. I don't get him in a lead role. He's such a side character, which I don't, I don't understand how they've expanded his career to what it is. Like he he's okay in that little side thing, but starring in movies is is just beyond him. I think I and I, I kind of agree with your points. There. Yeah, I, I'm willing to admit that but, apparently I'm wrong, or I'm at least in the minority because a lot of people must think he's funny for him to keep getting these roles. But I just I don't find him funny. A lot of people smoke a lot more weed than you or I do. <sighs> That's true. It wouldn't take much to beat me. No, um, it right. would not what take much I to beat me. You need to know. Uh, Bauer from Trevor Bauer. Trevor Bauer threw the ball in disgust with himself. Within the moment, you might not have known what he was disgusted with. He just picked up the ball when Frank Kona came out to get him and threw it over the center fielder fence. And the view they keep showing 
is kind of from behind home plate. <laughs> you see a second baseman scared that he's about to get beamed by a ball. You see the center fielder looking into the beyond the stands, just kind of knowing the manager's coming out, like, I guess, bored with the, what's going on. And then all of a sudden, the ball goes flying over his head and lands outside of the, the field. And he turns around like, what just happened? Honestly, it doesn't bother me. I like the fire to a point. I, I wouldn't want to see this all the time. I think, you know, this could only head to a worse direction. But, like, I laughed and wanted to see the highlight as soon as I heard about it. Um, I don't want to see the other guys doing it. But I, I don't know. I didn't have a huge problem with it. No, I agree. When I first saw the video, I did. I busted out laughing. Yeah. <laughs> that was hilarious. I agree with you. I don't want it to become a regular happenstance. It's funny because yeah. it's a it's a once once yeah. in a lifetime thing. Now, if everybody started doing it, then yeah, it'd be okay. And you saw Terry Francona didn't think it was funny. Terry Francona was pissed when he came out there. Oh no, yeah, and and you know he probably should be in that role. In that role, that probably does need to be your reaction of go get in that tunnel and we're about to talk about what you just did. And honestly, he Bauer kind of reacted like man, I just probably did more than I was should have done right there. And you're oh, right it was there. immediate. Yeah, the regret was immediate. As soon as he chucked that ball over the fence, he went over there. And you could see he was trying to tell Terry Ricardo, I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Because it, what it does come off of, kind of, is it comes off as disrespectful to the manager who's coming out to get the ball. And yeah. it comes off as, you, you want the ball, go get it, kind of thing. Um, but, but, but see, that reaction immediately, his body language, how he talked to Francona, makes me believe what he said in the post-game interviews of, I was only mad at myself. I'm the one that couldn't get it done out there. It was not my teammates. Because his teammates didn't do the best for him in that stretch right before then. I mean, there was there was some misplayed balls and stuff. Um, so, But the way he reacted really made me believe him, that he was just frustrated at himself. I, I don't know. Uh, for a guy that gets a lot of I wouldn't put this very high on his list of something not like about him. No, I think it was, I mean, yeah, I, I thought it was funny. Um, it's, it's one of those things that, yeah, like you said, as long as it doesn't become a happenstance in baseball, I don't think anyone's hurt. Um, but I thought it was funny and I got a chuckle out of it. Hey, you know what Thursday is? It's August 1st and that means football starts in August. So I'm pumped because we're finally going to be able to talk more and more football the practice uh, preseason's getting going. NFL's back. College is getting going again. There's just nothing like football season. I love baseball, but, man, we talk way too much Orioles. So we, I'm glad football's coming back, buddy. I'm glad football's coming back, too. I don't appreciate the disrespect the Orioles are getting on this podcast right now uh, from someone else who's win. Not, not named When me. they win, I respect. Okay, well, we were four, we're fourteen and thirteen in the month of July, so that's a winning record. So we're winning. Give us some respect. Thank you. Other teams. We're creating MLB history. We're creating MLB history. So uh, give us some respect. Ooh, we have like some abstract record. Great, that's nice. Oh yeah, multi homer streak is so abstract. Yeah, mm, that's great. It'll be get broken. It will not get broken. Who's going to break Why it? Why wouldn't it? The worst team in baseball just set the record. How are the Yankees not going to break it here in two weeks? Because the Yankees aren't capable. They've got boomer buzz hitters. We have baseball players. Um, Boom a lot, and they got a bunch of them. Okay. Let's okay. see how they do in the playoffs with that great pitching staff that gets lit up. Uh, I mark right that just because I'm scared of what they're going to do in the playoffs. It's going to be a whole lot of nothing. Uh That'll close it for this weekend of Yak Sports. Lean them out, debate baseball off air or off the recording. Uh, <laughs> you can find us on Twitter at Yak Sports Pod. We're on Facebook, Yak Sports Pod. You can also email us if that's your thing, yaksportspod at gmail.com. Make sure you're subscribing to the Yak Sports Podcast on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Google, and Spotify so you never miss another episode. Please comment. Tell me why the Orioles are just as bad as John Heyman says and why there's no redeeming qualities about a team that is young and is showing signs of life in the month of July under a young manager who is trying to get the most out of his players and they're playing hard. Uh, tell me why that's a bad thing and that's not a redeeming quality. Tell me why the New York Yankees are going to win the World Series with what would be the worst pitching staff to ever win a World Series. Tell me why the Jack is so much better than Leland's conference. Uh Good luck trying to make that up. 
and then just uh, tell us what we're not talking about that you would like us to talk about. Don't worry, Rob. We'll get back to soccer here in a few weeks, too, because that'll be starting. And uh, as Leland said, we'll be talking about more football here in the coming weeks as well because it's football season. So until next week, folks, thanks for listening to the Axe Sports Podcast. Be sure to share and comment on the episodes on Twitter and Facebook. Until next week, good night. You've been listening to Yak Sports, your Augusta County sports podcast.